Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. So I'm basically recording this episode right after uh, I recorded episode one of Mayor of Easttown, Lady Hawk, Miss Lady Hawk herself. Um, it's Sunday afternoon. It's when I have the time. So I basically don't have any updates. I think the only update that I forgot to mention in the first episode is that um, the host of Que Pasa Calexico, it's a podcast uh, local here to my hometown. I'm from Calexico, if you didn't know that. Calexico, California, border town right next to her sister city of Mexicali. So he reached out and he was like, oh, are you from Calexico? And I'm like, hell yeah, I am. That's my hometown town uh calexico high school bulldogs alumni what's up 20 when did i shit when did i graduate 2014 <laughs> class of 2014 <laughs> i got my freaking letterman jacket in my closet somewhere it doesn't get cold enough to wear it but it's there it's fucking there with my patches i was a student athlete so you know the drill so he hit me up uh, via Instagram and he's like, oh, well, I would love to interview you for my podcast. And then I got fucking COVID, yo. Oh, my goodness. Just my luck, dude. My luck this last few weeks has been shit. I was supposed to go to a wedding, but then my mom got COVID. So we ended up canceling that. And the wedding was on my birthday weekend. So my birthday weekend was pretty much in quarantine. I couldn't do anything. Well, me and my sister went to go grab dinner, but that was before I found out I had COVID. So, you know, I was being safe. I had tested uh, negative twice before I tested positive. So just so you know, I wasn't being reckless with my health and just spreading COVID. Um, so, yeah, but I let him know that I'll, I'll, you know, DM him once I get a negative test so that we can reschedule. So that would be so much freaking fun. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to that. So go check him out. Uh, it, the podcast, like, once again, it's called Que Pasa Calexico. And go give them a follow on their social media and tell them Mariel from That Show Fuck Me Up sent you. Um, what else? What else? Um... So I know I mentioned my project for Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, that I was working on on the first season a couple episodes back. So I'm recording this on the 10th. Hopefully the goal is to have that out by Dia de los Muertos. So I, like like October 31st to like around like the 1st and the 2nd of November. Um, I'm not doing the editing. Uh, Mabel the amazing super talented uh Mabel Reynoso is doing the editing but she has a busy life <laughs> so hopefully this this gets done and I'll provide the link via my Instagram my creative Instagram page Mariel underscore the underscore creative so if you're interested on seeing the play I wrote it's called uh, Fiesta en Tiempos de Pandemia, which translates party in times of COVID or in times of a pandemic. And I also do some acting in two of my peers' plays. I play one, um, an, um, uh, like a motherly type. And on the other one, it was really fun to portray. I play like an anti-vaxxer, like, like uh, an aunt that's like an anti-vaxxer. And she denies that COVID exists so it's it should be really fun so I'll post that link up when it's available I believe that you need to uh that there will be ticket sales and stuff like that even though it's like a virtual show we did film this in like real life so a lot of effort and work was put into this work so I would appreciate once it comes out if you share it and stuff like that thank you in advance and I'm sorry, I was just thinking about it. And I'm like, I probably already talked about this project and gave them all this info that I just mentioned. I can't, literally cannot recall what I did two days ago, much less like when I recorded maybe like a week or two weeks ago. So if I have already talked about this and given you all this information, please disregard and I apologize um yes but i guess i don't have any other updates or anything else to share
let's get started with episode two of Mayor of Easttown, and episode two is called Fathers. We see Mayor driving to the crime scene, and we notice that there are a bunch of police at the scene already. Mayor goes up and notices the body, and one of the officers tells her that it's not pretty. And Chief Carter tells her that it's Aaron, but they mention uh, her father's name, so, oh, it's this person's girl. Mary touches uh, Aaron's leg to see how cold she is and says that she must have been here for a couple of hour- hours. The chief tells her that he called the county supervisor and that they will be sending one of their best detectives to help out. And Mary just gives him a stare and the chief says that he had no choice and that they're sending Colin Sable and how he was a detective that solved a famous cold case about a missing 10-year-old girl and how sh- he should be in the station later today. Mayor calls the coroner and then she tells the officers at the crime scene to put their gloves on and to mark anything that seems suspicious. So she's the lead in the case. Cut to Lori talking to Mora, her daughter, and Lori's asking her about a boy named Corey and Mora lets her mom know that she wants this she wants this other boy to take her to the dance instead of Corey. And yes, Mora, you call the shots. Lori lets her know that Corey had already asked her, so she needs to stick with Corey. And Mora is like, whatever. And Lori's stunned by this, like her her daughter giving her sass. Mare calls Lori, and she asks if John is awake. And Lori tells her that he's still asleep right now, and that he had a, like a rough night because it's the night right after like the engagement party. But Mare tells her, uh, Mare tells Lori to wake him up because Aaron was killed last night. Lori is shocked and wants to know what happened and Mary just tells her that they don't know yet and that her body was found in the creek. Mary tells Lori that she's going over to tell Kenny, Aaron's dad, and that she thought that John and his brother Billy should be there since they're Kenny's cousin. And Lori tells her that she will wake John up and they end the call. Lori goes over to her room and sits next to John and she just stares at him and she lets him know that Aaron died or got killed. Mare is outside of Kenny's house just smoking her e-cigarette, vape, and John and Bill pull up and Mare apologizes for their loss and then Mare goes to knock on the door. Kenny is passed out in the couch and he wakes up and opens the door and he's confused as to why they're there and Mare asks if they can come in. Kenny again wants to know what's going on and they all just stare at him. He looks over at his cousins and they kind of look away like... What the way men do when they're getting teary-eyed, but they don't want anyone to know. And Kenny says, is it Aaron? Mayor gives him the, sp- the spiel about how they found her in the creek this morning and how she's the victim of a homicide, and she apologizes for his loss. And John tries over to like tries to go over to comfort Kenny, but Kenny tells him to stay the fuck away from him. Kenny starts throwing things out of anger and desperation, and John and Bill Billy have to physically restrain him, and Kenny screams out, I'll fucking kill him. She's my daughter. We see Mare uh, looking through Aaron's room, and it looks like any teenager's room. Well, the room of a teenager that has a baby. And Mare wants to ask Kenny some questions, but he's sure that Dylan, DJ's father, is the person responsible for Aaron's death. Mary wants to know when he last saw Aaron and he explains how they had dinner together the night before and how she had asked him to borrow his truck and he said no and she left on her bike. Kenny lets Mary know that he did not know where she was going and that she left at around 7.30 p.m. Mary wants to know if things had been different lately or if there had been any altercation but Kenny tells her that she's wasting her time talking to him and that the only person who had motive to hurt her was Dylan because he never wanted her to have the baby and he hated her for having it. Mary asks Kenny if he was at the house last night and he lets her know that he was there all fucking night. Cut to a lady smoking a cigarette and we hear Drew scream out, Mommy! And we run toward, and he runs towards her. Her name is Carrie and Frank, Helen, and Siobhan are there as well. We see Carrie and Drew playing, and Siobhan and Helen are sitting in a bench at a distance. And Siobhan comments that Carrie's looking good and that she was really nice to them when they got there. And Helen is like, well, we're not the one she hates. Carrie goes over and asks if they have some snacks for Drew. And Carrie thanks them about bringing Drew to see her. 
Siobhan asks Carrie where she's living, and she tells him that she's at a sober house called Rebirth. Helen just tells her that they're just glad that she's doing so great. Carrie lets them know that she wants full custody of Drew and that she just filed the paperwork with her lawyer. And Siobhan tells Carrie that Mare is going to fight against it, but Carrie lets her know that she is Drew's mom and not Mare. And just thanks them for the snacks and walks away back to play. Cut to Mare interrogating Dylan and she asks him when he when he last saw Aaron and he tells her that he went to pick up DJ at her house around 3 p.m. and that he saw her again in the woods like at around 10, 10 30. Mare wants him to be more exact with the time and Dylan tells her that it was like at 10 30 and Dylan tells Mare that they didn't go there together and that they didn't talk. Lie. He also mentions how things aren't good between them and how they had been arguing about DJ and how they were not together. Dylan gets a text and Mare notices that it's Brianna and she recognizes her because she calls her by her first and last name. I think it's like Brianna Del, Del Russo or Del Rosso or something along those lines. Along those lines. And asks Dylan if that's his new girlfriend and he says that he doesn't have a girlfriend. Oh my god, that makes it even more worse. Like, this stupid bitch is fighting over a man that is not claiming to be, like, her boyfriend? Delusional. I could never. Mare asked him at what time he left the woods, and he said that it was around 11.45 p.m., and that his mom can confirm his story since when he got home, she was uh, feeding DJ. Mare just point blank asked Dylan if he killed Aaron and he says that he didn't kill her and that she's not going to put that shit on him. Mare lets him know that he's the only one that has a motive and that she gets it, how hard his life has probably been ever since becoming a teen parent. And she tries to sympathize with him and then she asks about the ear surgery and if he was going to pay for it. And I guess that kind of hits a nerve with him because he says, you said I could leave whenever I want, right? And Mary just gives him the typical the typical cop bullshit how if he does leave and she finds out he's lying, she's going to dig up everything from his past and he just gets up and leaves. Cut to Mary giving a press statement informing everyone about the body they found by the creek and asking the community to come forth if they have any information. And someone asks if uh, the body is, if they're linking the disappearance of Katie Bailey, Don's daughter, to Aaron's death. And the chief answers this question and lets people know that they're investigating them as separate cases at this time because there's no information that links the two cases. The crowd has a negative reaction to this to this statement by the chief. And some press person asks if uh, he has anything to say to the community now that his second young girl is gone. And the chief says that they don't know what happened to Katie Bailey and Don Bailey is in the crowd, and she asks, why is that, Chief? It's been a year. Why do you still not know what happened to my daughter? This raises more negative outbursts uh, towards the police department, and the chief informs them that they're bringing a county detective to help out in this case. A man in the crowd is like, finally, you, br- you bring in someone fucking competent. Mayor has had enough, and she walks into the station and notices a stranger in her office, and it's, drum roll, please. <laughs> Evan Peters playing detective Colin Sable with the county and he extends his hand to shake Mares, but she just ignores it. Mares basically just ignoring this man, just like looking through her phone and he informs her that he's been looking through Katie Bailey's file and he can sense attention. So he's like, I don't really know what your process is. And Mare cuts him off and says that her process starts with a 10 minute smoke break and she walks out living in him in her office. Mare goes outside to sit in a bench and vape and then it cuts to a church and a priest is giving a sermon where he addresses the death of Aaron. He tells an anecdote of how a lady who had just lost someone close to her cursed him, cursed him out in the church and asked him to defend his God, the same God who had just taken her loved one away. The priest said that when he was confronted with this question, he froze as you do when you're confronted with unspeakable tragedy. He said that after much thought, he thinks that he would say, I am here to the woman if he had the chance. Cut to Mare's cousin, Father Dan, speaking to Father Mark, the priest that had just given the sermon. And Father Dan asked if Aaron was in their youth program. And Mark replies that she was, but that he didn't really know her that well. Mark, uh, or Father Mark, mentions that he didn't spend much time with Aaron and that Aaron stopped attending the youth program meetings after DJ was born. 
Father Dan asks if they kept track of Erin after she stopped attending, and Father Mark just says, not as well as we should have. Next scene is Mara and a policewoman and the officers telling Mara about a tip that came in about Erin in the woods the night before she was murdered. And the officer also hands Mara the information from Erin's cell phone and where it last pinged. We see, I'm going to call him off, Sable. We see Colin Sable or Sable and the rookie officer, Officer Trammell, that is a, <laughs> looking at a video of Erin getting jumped by Brianna and her crew. Mare walks in and starts looking at the video and she identifies Brianna and then calling asks who the other girl is and the officer points out that it's Shimon, Mare's daughter. Mare tells the policewoman officer to write up a warrant for Brianna and that she will come by later to pick it up. We see Mare step out of the station and into her car as she calls Shabon and Shabon doesn't answer but Mare leaves her a voicemail to call her back right away. Sable knocks on Mare's car door and he asks if they're carpooling and Mare very reluctantly unlocks her car so that he can hop into the passenger seat. Colin hasn't even put on his seatbelt and Mare's already pulling out. <laughs> Cut to Mare and Colin pulling up to a restaurant that is owned by Brianna's parents and where she works at. Mare walks in and Patty, Brianna's mom, is at the front and she asks if it's a table for two. And Mare asks if Brianna's waitressing tonight and tells her to go get her. Patty's confused, but she agrees to bring her out. Colin asks, or Sable asks Mare if she's friends with these people and Mare replies that she is. Awkward. Imagine being a cop in a small community such as this one. Fuck that. Everyone knows everyone and everyone's all up in everyone's business. No, thank you. Sable asks if they should maybe arrest her outside so that the st staff and the customers don't get it like a spectacle. But Mare reminds Sable that Brianna beat up Aaron on camera surrounded by a bunch of other people and to let them watch. Mare sees Brianna and she goes up to her and arrests her for assault. Brianna's parents start freaking out and they're confused as to why Mare is doing this. And Mare lets them know that Brianna knows why. And the staff and the customers all look super concerned and worried. And Brianna is not being cooperative at all, and she's calling Mare a bitch as they walk out. Cut to them in the interrogation room, and Mare asks Brianna if she understands her rights and if she's okay with proceeding with questioning without an attorney present. And as I mentioned last season, and I will keep reminding you all the time, do not speak with the police without representation present, regardless if you're guilty or not. Doesn't matter. Get your lawyer. It's your right. And Brianna, I guess... She She's some type of smart a bitch, but still nonetheless smart, says she wants a lawyer. And Sable kind of, you know, takes this as their cue to leave, so he closes his notebook. But Mare obviously doesn't give a fuck because she knows, uh, she shows Brianna the video of her beating up Aaron in the woods. And tells her that she kicked Aaron in the head which uh, when she was on the ground. And it seems like she might have caused a concussion and how she's going to recommend aggravated assault to the district attorney. Brianna says that she wants a lawyer again, and Mare says that it would be considered a fel felony in the first degree if she gets charged. And Sable seems super uncomfortable since Mare doesn't seem to care uh, that about Brianna asking for a lawyer. Brianna just starts yelling out, lawyer, 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 lawyer. I said I want a fucking lawyer. Are you deaf? And Sable tries to intervene, but Mare tells Brianna that it will go in her permanent record. And Brianna calls her a bitch. And then she says, no wonder your son fucking killed himself. A bitch. If looks could kill in this scene, Mare would have murdered Brianna right there with just that stare. And Sable, like, notices the tension and notices that, like, this, like, cost a reaction on Mare and he tries to do something and he goes outside and asks for someone to go ahead and grab Brianna so they could process her. Next we see Mare walking out of the police station and she passes by Jan the receptionist uh, the receptionist and she tells Mare that someone left some flowers for her. Mare checks the card and they're from Zaddy Richard and the card included his number. So Mare calls him up and thanks him for the flowers, but basically tells him that some shit has come up and Richard interrupts her and lets her know that the college that he works for is throwing an anniversary, anniversary party for his book and wants to know if Mare would be down to come by. Mare lets him know that things at work are pretty hectic and Richard mentions how he heard about the body that they found and tells Mare that the city is lucky to have her as a detective. And I guess that comment kind of sweet-talked Mare into giving in because she's like, when did you say your event was? 
Cut to Helen playing a game on her iPad and Mary asks her if Siobhan is home and if Helen has spoken with her today. And Helen lets her know that she hasn't talked to her or seen her and offers Mary something to eat. But my girl Mary just goes to the fridge and grabs herself a beer and lets Mama Helen know that she has to work, that she doesn't have time to eat. Helen again lets her know that she has to eat before she locks herself inside her room and goes down a rabbit hole. And she tells Mary that she moved in to help her out. Mary is like, mom, you're sitting at home drinking Manhattans with Dan, so Father Dan, and that's not helping. But Helen tells her that she thinks she does a little bit more than that. Mary asks about Carrie, Drew's mom, and if she's asking about custody. And Helen basically lies to Mary and says that she didn't mention it. And Helen also lets Mary know that Drew is doing his little eye thingy again and that he has been doing it all day, all day. Then we see Mare walking over to her favorite neighbor's house. And if you didn't catch it, that was sarcasm. She knocks on the door and Faye opens and she looks super uncomfortable. Mare asks Faye if Frank is home and that she needs to talk to him. Faye like invites her inside, but Mare's like, oh no, I'll wait out here. And Faye kind of brings up the engagement and Mare's like so nonchalant, smoking out of her vape. And Faye's like, oh, I'll go get Frank. Frank goes outside, and the first thing that Mare asks if they have decided on a date for the wedding, and then she's she says, I'm assuming I'll be the maid of honor. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Mare has got jokes, bitter as fuck jokes, but funny nonetheless. And Frank replies, not a chance in hell. <laughs> Mare brings up Drew is blinking his eyes again, and Frank tells her that he'll call the doctor in the morning. Frank says that the pediatrician can give them a, a neurology referral and how it can be beneficial to them and Drew's health. And Mary lets him know that she'll swing over to talk to the doctor before going to work the next morning. Mary just tells Frank to have a good night and leave, but Frank calls her back and we can see that face staring at them through the window. Probably can't hear, but it must be weird to, for her fiancé to live right next door to his ex-wife. But Frank tells Mare about how he saw the press conference about Aaron and asked how the case is going. Mare tells him that she that Aaron had a no good family and a no good boyfriend. And Mare asks how how Mare asks Frank how she was in school. And Frank says that he had Aaron as a student for algebra a couple of years back. That she was a quiet girl and that he did not talk to her that much. But he got a feeling that things weren't good at home and that it was more of a gut feeling that she never told him anything. Cut to Mare back in her room going through the case file and she hears the door close and she goes into Shaban's room and asks her where she was last night. Shaban is confused by this question and Mare is like, when were you going to tell me you were out in Sharp's Woods? Shaban tells her that she was not not going to tell her, but Mare is upset because of the video and how Shaban was probably one of the last people to see Aaron alive and how it makes Mare look bad like to not be in the know. Shabon apologizes. Uh, Mare wants to know what happened, and Shabon explains that she walked over to ask if Aaron was okay and if she needed a ride home. Mare wants to know what she replied, and Shabon just tells her that Aaron didn't say anything, that she just walked off into the woods alone. Shabon promises Mare that this is everything she knows, and how and how Mare still and Mare still mad at her, and that someone at the station might want to ask her a few questions about what she saw. Next scene is Mare getting to the pediatrician's office in the next morning, and Mare explains how Drew is doing the eye-blinking thing, and the doctor lets her know that ticks are very common in young boys, and that most of them grow out of it, and that they don't usually treat them. Mare is concerned because Drew's father, her son, Kevin, took his own life, and that the ticks might be something hereditary because her son also had ticks like the one Drew has been having. The doctor wants to know what was her son's diagnosis, and Mary doesn't know because Frank was the one that took, took track of it since there were so many different diagnoses throughout the years. Uh, first, it was Tourette's, then pervasive development disorder, uh, autism spectrum, so one of the diagnoses, mood disorders, and how she can't even remember which ones. Mary admits that she was against medicating, and that caused fights with Frank, and she compares it to she compares them to dogs chasing their tails and that she had to check out after a while because it became totally overwhelming not being able to figure her son out. And this is the first time uh, we actually get some emotion from Air Mare. So we know this this like paints her to her core. Uh, 
obviously losing a child is hard enough but losing a child to suicide i i can't even imagine the doctor says that it would be helpful for everyone for Drew to see a neurologist for just peace of mind. And the doctor also wants to know if Mary is seeing anyone just to talk about her loss. And Mary tells her that she doesn't see anyone and she kind of seems against the idea. The doctor tells her that if she ever feels like talking to someone that she would be happy to recommend someone. Next scene, we see Sable in Mary's office and Jan, the secretary, did an did end up framing the newspaper article for Mare, even though she asked her not to because Sable is staring at it when Mare walks in. Sable tries to make a joke, but Mare is not here for it, and he asks Mare if they can hit the reset button, uh, that at the end of the day, these are her cases, and that he's just there to help her uh, find out what happened to both of these girls. He mentions that due to her relationship with the, all the people in town, that it could not have been easy for her to deal with these cases or like cases that are so close to home. Mary tells him that she's down to hit the reset button and he extends his arm and he in he introduces himself all over again. Mary's like, are you kidding me right now? And Sable nags her until she agrees to shake his hand and then says, teamwork makes the dream work. You're the chef, I'm the sous chef. Oh, <laughs> such a white person dad thing to say, honestly. We, and then we see a series of fast scenes of Mare and uh, Sable interviewing a bunch of high schoolers uh, that were at the woods that the night that Aaron died. They asked them at what time they got to the woods, if they saw Aaron spike, how was Aaron's relationship with Dylan, and this girl answers that Aaron was more into Dylan than he was into her. Someone else said that he was, like, aggressive, and another person literally just said that they don't pay attention to the social lives of other people. Like, they're just, they really don't care. Mayor asked if they knew Brianna, and just off the facial expressions alone, we can tell that her rep reputation is not good. Someone calls her a total fucking bitch, which I agree with, <laughs> and jealous, and that she's, like, a really, really bad person. They ask about the fight, and someone says that it was about catfishing, and when they ask if they think Brianna killed uh, her, someone says no, and that she's all bark, no bite. They ask them at one time they all got home, and if they heard a gunshot, and all of them reply that they did it. The last person they interview is Erin's best friend, Jess Riley, the one she was with before uh, she went to go meet this Brendan guy at the woods. Uh, they ask her if she mentioned anything out of the ordinary and Jess tells them that she can't think of anything and that she she's sure about that. Sable uh, goes ahead and interviews Shabon by himself because obviously conflict of interest for Mary to interview her own daughter. Uh, and she basically tells him the same thing that we already know. And Shabbat says that she feels guilty because she could, uh, because Erin could still be alive if she had brought her home with her or pushed her harder, uh, you know, about like getting her some help. But Sable lets her know that it's not her fault. Shabon asks him how he likes working with uh, with her mom, and he replies that it is good and that they're just getting started out. And asks her, and, and he asks Shabon for any tips, and Shabon is like lawyer expectations ouch <laughs> next Marin sable go over the facts after the interviews and they talk about how her last known location was 13 miles away from where her body was found and this is where her cell phone last pinged before it was turned off mayor is running late for something and oh my god Mare is running late for something, and Sable asks her what her coffee order is so that he can bring it the next morning. And that's honestly so sweet of him. Like, Mare has been treating him, like, so bad. She's been, like, ignoring him most of the time. Well, before this day, because, you know, they already hit the reset button. So she, like, tells him. He's like, oh, I'll bring it tomorrow morning, whatever. And then he's like, and have a good night, Mare. And then he realizes that it sounds like nightmare. Get it? He's like, have a good night, Mare. <laughs> honestly these this is top-notch writing right here i love all of these really subtle jokes um cut to mary getting ready and she looks through her makeup drawer and you can tell she hasn't touched that shit in years but she finds a decent looking lipstick and she's like good enough uh next we see mary walking out of her house and Mer mary cleans up nicely i mean she is played by the legendary, the beautiful, the iconic Kate Winslet. But let me tell you, she has aged so graciously, like a good fucking wine. And 
whatever. When she was out, she's being harassed uh, by Brianna's father, uh, Tony. You know, uh, uh, like when she walks out of her house, he like pulls up. And uh, he's asking her what she's doing to his daughter and how and how is how he is asking Mare as a friend, like to let her go. Tony's like, she did not kill her and I will not have you ruin my daughter's life. At that point, Tony's wife gets there like she gets there in her car and she's calling after Tony and Mare tells Tony to get the fuck away from her or or she'll have him arrested for harassment. Helen, Mare's mom, comes outside because of all the commotion, and Mare tells her to go back inside. And Mare just gets in her car and drives away while Tony is throwing a fucking tantrum. Tony, my dude, maybe, just maybe, if you had raised your daughter better, she wouldn't be a fucking bitch and, and like, be out here assaulting people. Like, bro, chill the fuck out, drink a fucking bread bowl, my dude. Tony is all pissed that Mary ignored her him, so he just drives off. And Helen is yelling out to Patty, so Tony's wife that's still there, and she's like crying in the driveway. And Hel- and Helen just feels bad and invites her in. Cut to Billy and John, um, Aaron's uncles, who were there when Mary let Kenny, Aaron's father, know that he, Aaron was murdered. And they're at Kenny's house, and it seems like they've been looking after him after Aaron was found dead. And Billy tells John to go be with his kids, and that Billy has got it from here. And John asks if he's all right, and he just gives him a hug. Next, we're at the book event that Richard invited Mare to. Uh, so it's a fancy university mixer event, super fifi or fufu or whatever you want to call it. You know, just just bougie. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of bougie, when I when you know this word started becoming like a thing, like bad and bougie, like the song came out, I thought it was pronounced boogie. So I was like, "Damn, that's so boogie." I told my friend, and my friend was like, "What did you just say, <laughs> bro?" I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not cultured, but yeah, now I know that it's pronounced bougie, and it comes from the word bourgeois or the bourgeoisie. Ooh, I sound French. So fancy. Okay, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so Mary gets to the event and she sees Richard talking to a bunch of like scholarly women. And Richard, Richard sees her, but he kind of tells her to give him a moment. You know, like the finger thing. Like, oh, I'll be right there. Uh, Mary's sitting awkwardly in a couch by herself, just sleeping through the book. Uh, not much of her social butterfly or Mare. <laughs> She's not. She really isn't. She has trouble. She has trouble uh, just like interacting with other people, even with her family shit. And after a while, she just finishes her drink and walk, walks out. Uh, but Richard sees her leaving and runs after her. He tells her to wait, and Mary just gets in her car, uh, and he tells Mary that he got cornered, and Mary's like, well, well, I'm leaving so that you can talk to all your fans. And Richard's like, oh, I didn't know you were the jealous type. And Mary's just like, like, I was just standing there by myself, and he apologizes again, and that he wasn't sure that he would even, that she would even show up, and he tries to get her to go back inside. Mary, like, gives in, she turns off her car, gets down, and just lets him know, you're not getting late tonight. Cut back to Kenny coming downstairs, and we see that Billy is passed out on the couch, so Billy was supposed to be looking after him. Then we see DJ in his baby share, in his baby share, share. Oh my god, that's my mom sneezing, if you heard her. <laughs> Cut to Kenny coming downstairs, and we see that Billy is passed out on the couch. Then we see DJ in his baby chair, and he's just vibing with his grandparents, so Dylan's mom and dad. And Dylan comes downstairs and tells his parents that he's going to go down to the store. His mom is concerned and asks if he should really be going out right after, like, what happened. And Dylan just says that he didn't do anything, so he's not going to just sit around in the house. And he walks out all pissed. Dylan is at the gas station, and Don Bailey is also there because she's a gas station assistant. And she's behind the counter, and Dylan asks her for a pack of cigarettes, and she doesn't respond. So he, she's just staring at Dylan, giving her like giving him like the death stare. And Dylan is like, are you going to give me my pack of cigarettes, or are you just, just going to keep staring at me? Like, super rude, super disrespectful. Don, Don, like, reluctantly gives them to him, and he walks out and gets on his car, and then he notices that fucking kenny is in the back seat with a gun pointed at him fuck no this is why all women always check the back of their car first when they get in but man 
men aren't taught that you know they just get in their car so confident that no one is in the back seat of their car not us not women <laughs> so Kenny Aaron's da dad is in the back of his car he has a gun pointed at him and he just tells him to drive out to the turnpike Dylan starts like telling him that he swears that he didn't kill her but Kenny doesn't want to hear it because he tells him to drive out to the turnpike just he's like just drive Right as they're pulling out of the station, Mare pulls in and she gets down and she notices that Tony uh, is following her. So Brianna's dad, the one that just like harassed her outside her house, she goes inside uh, the gas station and sees Dawn and she's like reluctant to walk in. But she's like, fuck it. And she, she just walks in. She asks her for $40 on number three and Mare asks how she's feeling. Uh, Mare walks around and goes over to one of the fridges and Tony walks right up to her. Mare asks him what he thinks he's doing. He tells her that he's just picking up some things. Mare goes back in line and Tony's standing like super uncomfortably close to her. And Mare just tells him to go, to go home and he just responds that he doesn't know what she's talking about. Mare just goes off on him. Your daughter beat beat the shit out of a girl who ended up dead in the creek. What part of don't you? What part of that don't you fucking understand? You keep going down this road, but you're not gonna like how it ends. And then Dawn tells Tony to leave Mare alone, and Tony can't understand why Dawn is defending her because Mare hasn't done anything to help her find Katie. Mare just thanks Dawn and walks out, and Tony is walking right after her, but. But Dawn stands right in front of the door and tells him not to take another step. Then Tony asks Dawn what she's going to do and if she's going to stop him. And Dawn just stays quiet and just stares him down. Fuck yeah, Dawn. Fuck, fuck man like Tony, dude. Like, oh, you're so entitled. Your daughter committed a crime and you're like, just because you know Mare and you know the family, you think that they're not going to arrest your daughter and treat her like any other fucking criminal? No, get the fuck out of here, bro. And then it cuts to uh, Jess Riley, so Aaron's best friend, crying in her room. And her mom walks in to try to comfort her. Jess tells her mom that Aaron told her a secret and that she made her promise never to tell anyone. And Jess is sobbing as she tells her mom. Mare is back at home drinking a beer and eating a sandwich. And then someone throws a milk gallon through her window. Oh, and I forgot to mention that Tony bottom milk gallon when he was at the gas station and it breaks the glass and she sees tony's van driving away shabon comes downstairs and asks her if she's okay and asks her who the hell that was and mayor responds that is an angry scared father and just sits back down to eat her sandwich at this point mayor is like sitting down in her couch and she notices a letter and she asks shabon about about it and Shabon tells her that her dad Frank just got served and that Carrie's suing for custody of Drew. Cut back to Jess Riley and her mom and they're getting to Lori and uh, John's house so Lori is Mary's best friend and they want to speak to Lori in private. Then we see Dylan driving to the turnpike and Kenny tells him to pull up in a specific location and to turn off the car and to get out. He makes him walk, and then Dylan's still trying to bargain with him, and Dylan just starts running away, away, and Kenny fires two shots. And we see Dylan fall to the ground. Next, we, we're back at Lori's house, and Jess is telling Lori that Dylan isn't DJ's real father. Lori wants to know why they didn't go straight to the police station, and Jess says that Aaron didn't tell her who the real father was, but she thinks that it is. Drum roll, please. Frank Sheehan, a.k.a. Mare's ex-husband, a.k.a. Shabon's dad, a.k.a. Roy from the office. Last scene, cut to Mare vaping outside in her car, out, parked outside of her car. And then we see Frank in the background. End of episode. <laughs> Okay, let's get started with our segment, starting with that shit's traumatizing. Imagine, just just picture it for a quick fucking second. You go buy some cigarettes or some alcohol to the local gas station. You get back in your car, and there's someone pointing a gun at you from the back seat. This is every woman's worst fucking nightmare, dude. Uh, 
literally the stuff of horrible, horrible, you know, paranoia. And, and this happens to a lot of women where I mentioned that during the episode where the first thing we do when we get in the car or even before we get in the car is check the back seat because we never know when there's a fucking psychopath out and about and it's like, you know what? I'm gonna go out hunting tonight. And no, not the type of hunting for animals, which I don't condone. I do not condone the type of hunting for other types of preys, like us women. And just seeing it from a like this happening to a man in this episode, I wonder. I Dylan was shitting bricks, bro. He was. He literally thought he was gonna die, and I think that was Kenny's point to fucking kill him. Which I mean. <sighs> The U.S. judicial system is so fucked up, but I'm not telling you to take it into your own hands, you know? They say that revenge is better served cold, so let things work out. But then again, Kenny just lost his do- his daughter. The only person left in his life, I guess the only adult person left in his life, because he's got DJ, of course, his wife passed away and now his daughter got murdered and he swears it's Dylan. So it's at the end of the day, it's an assumption and he fucked up his life because now he's going to go to jail and the only person he had left was his grandson who he's not going to be able to take care of and he probably won't get custody of. But, you know, he got to shoot at fucking Dylan, and he fucking missed, dude, well, I mean, he didn't miss, like, he shot him, and Dylan could be paralyzed, but he didn't even fucking kill him, my boy Kenny, well, he's not my boy, I don't know, I don't really like Kenny, I don't, he wasn't the greatest dad, as we could see from the first episode, he was kind of like an asshole, or maybe it was just a one-off, but, yeah, I don't really like him, um, But, yeah, like, he was probably so fucked up, dude. He wasn't even, he couldn't even hold the gun straight when he shot at at Dylan running away. But that's a bitch move. How do you shoot at someone running away? That's pussy move. Shoot them in the front like a man. Just kidding. No, no, listen. Do not, do not, do not take advice from this podcast. Nope. No, no. Okay, now moving on to that shit's heartwarming. Okay. I might be considered a bitch for saying this, but it was so heartwarming to my little beating heart to see Brianna Del Rossi or Del Rosso or whatever her last name is get arrested right in right in the restaurant that she works at that her parents own that you know all the staff was there, all the clients were there to witness her getting arrested because she humiliated Aaron and now a poor girl is dead. Maybe she was responsible. Maybe she was not for her death. It doesn't matter. But just the plain fact of beating someone up and then posting it online, fuck no. And so it's just like a little revenge, a little revenge for what she did. And, you know, Karma's a bitch, dude. If you're gonna do something horrible, best believe that that shit's gonna turn right around and bite you in the ass. I know it. You know it. Everyone knows it when they're when they fucked up, and then something bad happens to them. It's just like you better be a good fucking person because if you're not, you're gonna be paranoid for the rest of your life, waiting to see when karma's gonna hit you back for what you did. And my girl Brianna. Well, she's, no, she is not my girl either. I, I hate her. I hate her. Uh, she got humiliated and, you know, I'm sorry this heartwarming section isn't as heartwarming as it is known for, but I literally, I struggle to find something heartwarming about this episode and this was the closest thing. It warmed my heart. I hope it, it gave you some type of feeling because... Yeah, dude, I was like, what's heartwarming? I guess also Carrie, DJ's, uh, no, not DJ's, 
Drew's mom being able to see her son and hang out with him, uh, even though she's in recovery, and, like, having, again, the whole thing of, like, Helen and Siobhan and Frank being so close, and then them going together to take Drew to see Carrie, his mom, and then Mare not being there. So I think we, we're seeing a pattern. Mare not going to the engagement party, and everyone else was there. And then again, Mare not being there uh, when they're taking Drew to see his mom. So this is not part of, like, one of our segments, but I do have a lot of feelings about this, and I felt like I would just talk about it, because why the fuck not? Again, this is my podcast. I can do whatever the fuck I want, I guess, to a limit. To a, to an extent, I could do whatever the fuck I want. But what the fuck is up with Brianna's argument when she's in the interrogation room? You know, I understand that Mayor was not listening to her when she was saying that she wanted a lawyer over and over again and Mary was like fuck that I'm gonna get her right now with what I have because she does have proof that Brianna beat up Aaron like video proof like she could get convicted easily on aggravated assault because that's what it was Aaron left there uh fucking bleeding from the head but so yeah, I understand Mare was at fault for this. Again, I mentioned this in the first episode, Mare is not a perfect uh, character. And y'all have seen that now from the very first episode. She has her faults. But what is up with people and their argument, their only argument against her is that she's such a bitch and that's why, and that's why her son killed himself. Like what? That is the lowest, the lowest of the low. Like, come up with better arguments, dude. You don't use someone's dead son against them. Mm-mm, no. If you're gonna fight dirty, I feel that's too much. That's too dirty. That's too dirty even for me. Wink, wink. Just kidding. Uh, that was, that was so lame. I'm so sorry. But, yeah, dude, like, no, you don't say that. Anyone in their right mind knows you don't bring up someone's, like, dead loved one to to a fight. Like, no, don't do that. Don't be this person. Don't be like Brianna. As you can see, you don't want to be like Brianna, and you don't want to be like Dylan, because then you're going to be prime suspects in a murder investigation that could ruin your whole fucking life. And then Dylan got shot because he was a suspect. Like, no, don't be like them. You'll end up being shit and then you'll have a shitty life. There, I said it. If you're like them, you'll have a shitty life. Period, point blank. And just so you're aware, so I'm moving on from my rant, my little rant. So I know that in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned how Que Pasa Calexico, the podcast local to my hometown, Calexico, had reached out and I had COVID, whatever. So that was recorded in October 3rd, and I'm doing my final edits today, November 8th. Yes, it took me more than a month to edit this episode. Do not worry, I'm okay. Uh... I've just, uh, decidiosa, what, how do you say that, how do you say that in, how do you say decidiosa in English, lazy, mm, I, I, fuck, the, the word is in the tip of my tongue, but whatever, um, so yeah, I actually already, uh, went into the podcast, um, we had an amazing fucking conversation, it was so much fun, it, it was over at Calexico Brewing Company, so I had a couple beers, by a couple, I mean, one during when we shot, like, recorded, and then the, another one afterwards, so just two, don't worry, I'm not an alcoholic, uh, but it was so much fun, yo. If you want to go check it out, go check out Que Pasa Calexico. They're on Instagram. Um, so you could listen to the podcast episode. We talked about so many things. And it was like really random and all over the place. But it was really fun and intriguing conversation. We talked about the podcast, obviously. Um you know, my playwriting, my poetry, I recited two of my poems about Calexico, one in English, one in Spanish. We talked ghost stories. We talked uh, the haunting of Hill House. I mentioned Mayor of Easttown because that's what we're covering. You know, it was just overall a great, great conversation. So please go check it out and let me know what you think about it.
And just one last thing before we end this episode. I know that in the what what was it the bonus Halloween episode? I don't know, or if it was like the bonus eleven episode of the Haunting of Hill House. I mentioned how I was going to start adding ads to the second season. Well, guess what? This bitch forgot. She forgot to add ads to the first episode. Uh, Miss Lady Hawk herself. Hopefully, I don't forget for this episode. So yes, I'm gonna start adding ads. Just as a reminder. Hope it's not too annoying. You know. You know, a bitch is trying to get paid. A bitch is trying to do what she loves and get paid. Okay, I need to stop calling myself a bitch. I've said the word bitch too much during this episode. So, no, I was going to be like, so make it a drinking game. But we're literally at the end of the episode. How the fuck would y'all know that I've been saying bitch so many times? (sighs) Que tonta, que tonta. But, yes, I'm going to start adding ads. That's all I wanted to tell you. So, that's it. We have gotten to the end of the second episode, fathers, and mm, a lot of different fathers, and a lot of different thoughts, but you know, you know, there's always a lot of thoughts with fathers. Uh, I have a great one, by the way, but I feel like not all of you are as lucky. (laughs) I love my dad. I love my dad so much. Uh, So yeah, you know. Uh, follow us on social media, Instagram, that show F3Up, F-E-F-F-E-D, that's how it's spelled. On Instagram, we're that, D-A-T, show fuck me up, fuck without the U, so F-C-K-E-D. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it if you do because then more people will, you know, get recommended the podcast you know so please 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 i'm not much for begging well i'm not gonna beg never mind i am not going to beg if you want to go leave a review hopefully it's five stars five stars five stars five stars but whatever you want you know um just thank you for getting to this far down the episode this was a more shorter episode i don't know why i think was this episode like was the actual mayor of east town episode this short I don't know, the actual, like, going through the episode was only, like, around 38 minutes. So, maybe it was that. But, you know, a lot of things happened. But, thank you so, so much for listening. Y'all are amazing and deeply appreciated by me, your host. So, you already know the drill. Be gentle. Be kind. And don't be an asshole. Unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.